Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. I posed this question to a room of over 400 corporate executives and the results shocked me. Please raise your hand if you've ever had any formal interview training at any time in your career other than what not to say in an interview. Three hands were raised, three out of over 400 people, and we wonder why hiring is hard. But guess what? It's not so hard for companies like Amazon, who at the beginning have structured and trained their people on how to effectively interview. This is why they have always been a talent magnet and not because they pay well. Three out of 400 people. This was a major aha moment for me, and it should be one for you. Imagine the impact that your company will have on this planet when you and your people get really good at hiring. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help executives win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders. Due to a lot of requests over the past few months, I'm taking the liberty to detail a really requested topic, which is the importance of linking values to interviewing. And then we're gonna actually talk about how to set up and execute a values-driven interview. So thanks for joining me today. We're gonna talk about a couple things. Bias elimination, making the wrong decisions, and then really how it's affecting companies right now. So there's a lot of talk right now about bias elimination and trying to get rid of bias in the interview process. But the problem is that it really can't happen until interview questions are designed to attract evidence to support your company values. Now, let me say that again. It really can't happen until you extrapolate the bias-ridden questions away from the interview process and tie those to your corporate values. So the content of an interview cannot be left up to chance. The problem is that we have kind of a loose fitting format in which interviews can free flow. You ask questions based on a resume, skills. It's really a mess for lack of a better term. You might have some great interview questions that you've learned over the years, but they're really not tying back to anything that you can put your finger on that would be a core value of the organization that is really gonna help your company grow. The other thing that's interesting is I actually read some data last week on an article where within 15 minutes of that interview, the interviewee's fate has been determined already. So sometimes within the first five minutes, you're already determined whether or not you want to move forward or not move forward with a person. And then you're spending the rest of the interview trying to confirm your opinion or your bias or your gut feeling or whatever it is that is making you make that decision totally wrong on every level because of the fact that you haven't gathered, again, enough evidence to support whether or not you should make that decision. The decision should be made after that interview is done. Now, if you were to actually flip a coin, you'd have a much higher success rate in whether or not you made a right hire. Your gut is going to be wrong about 51% of the time. That's not so good, especially when you're in a critical mode and you really need to hire people who are 100% critical to the organization. If you're under 50 people, everybody that you hire is super, super important. When you're hiring a co-founder or trying to find a co-founder for your company, super, super important. Guys, you can't afford to get this wrong. The other reason why you should really pay attention to this is because just having a conversation with somebody and really not having any clear direction to where you're going is not only unchallenging, but it's also unimpressive. And it only attracts people 
who are in need of a paycheck, which aren't necessarily the right people for your organization. So think about that for a minute. The people that you need to get to are those high performers, those A players, those change makers, however you wanna label them. Those people are attracted to an environment that's gonna be conducive to them growing an environment where they're going to be around other smart people who are really going to challenge them and who are going to help them to expand and grow in their career. Well, if you're just having a no-brainer interview, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all. Talented people, they don't want to work for just anybody. They want to work for people who are going to help elevate them. And so having a structured process is key to that, to solving that problem for sure. Offer turndowns are at an all-time high. People are accepting counteroffers. People are getting multiple offers because we are in a shortage and we have been. And so you're not setting yourself above your competitors in any way by doing just a common interview that they're expecting. So think about that for a minute. If you can flip the script and actually provide a very content-rich interview that challenges them, how much more eager are they going to be to join your company? So why is this important to a company? Why is this important to you if you're a founder and you're growing a company? Why is it important to your 500-person company? I'm going to throw out one word I think that really exemplifies this, and this is Amazon. So for years, I think one of the things that Amazon has done right, and this is going way back to the beginning, is that they have incorporated their interview questions into their core values, what they call their leadership principles. So this is what drives decisions within the organization. This is how they evaluate people who they bring through the interview process. So you're asked questions that are disguised that allow you to give answers to support whether or not you are a person who resonates with those core values. So for example, Amazon has a core value. Their number one leadership principle is customer obsession. And I'm going to read you the definition of what this is. So customer obsession is where leaders start with the customer and work backwards. They work vigorously to earn and keep customer trust. Although leaders pay attention to competitors, they obsess over customers. It's a clearly defined definition of who they are and what they expect. And they're gonna build a question around that that's gonna basically support whether or not that person lives those values and can transfer those into their job when they join Amazon. So we don't think about this so much and we probably should think about it a lot more. Another key one is hire and develop the best. This is another one that I'll read you the definition of this too. Leaders raise the performance bar with every hire and promotion. They recognize that exceptional talent and willingly move them throughout the organization. Leaders develop leaders and take seriously their role in coaching others. We work on behalf of our people to invent mechanisms for development like career choice. So what is that about? And how do you build that into your organization? I'm gonna actually include in the show links, the link to the principles so you guys can get an idea of what those are. And keep in mind, talent is drawn toward excellence. If you have a challenging, difficult hiring process, the cream of the crop, the A players, the people that you really need to hire are going to be drawn toward that. And that's what we're going for. So you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to Healing Career Wounds, which is my new book out on Amazon today. Let it be your guide to landing the strongest hires. So we just talked a little bit about why it is important that you link 
your values to your interview questions. And now I'm gonna run you through how to do it. So how do we implement a values-driven interview process? So I'm gonna start with first, clearly write down your core company values. These can be your cultural values, it can be however you label them. Spend some time and clearly write down what those values are. So get your founders together, get your core people, if you are a single shop founder, it's gonna be your values. And then as you add people, you're gonna combine those values together and make that your outward messaging. That's gonna be how you make your decisions. That's how business decisions are made, how you treat your customers. It's gonna wind back down to how you treat your people and how the business is run. If you look at Amazon's principle of customer obsession, we start with the customer, work backwards from there. Now, if you're gonna dig into the same principle, this is a language that's within the organization. Our decisions are made by, hey, should we make this decision or not? I don't know. Well, let's look at our leadership principle. Is this customer obsessed? If it is, then you move forward. If it's not, then it's challenging your values and you're not living it. So then you really have to go back and say, well, that's not really our value, is it? And if it's not, then go ahead and get rid of it, change it. Values are fluid. As your organization grows, they're gonna change. Amazon didn't start out with 14 leadership principles. I think they started out with four or five and they grew them as the organization grew. Now, once you've written down your values and you've decided these are our values, now you're gonna develop those values. And what this means is you're gonna develop a clear definition, like what I just read to you from the Amazon description. That's their clear definition of what it means for customer obsession. So you're gonna clearly define what those values mean. For example, I'll give you a secondary one where we had a client, dignity is a very important thing to them. So their definition of dignity is treating yourself and others with respect and courtesy. Now you're gonna take that definition and you're going to break it down into what attributes really characterize the person that you're trying to hire for that role. The person who does well in your organization. The person who's going to thrive in your organization. What are those attributes? And then characterize each each value. What we do is we sit down with a matrix and we say, okay, here's dignity number one. What attributes does somebody who works here, you or your employees, what do they bring to the table that confirms that they have dignity? Now, once we've got those down, then we're going to define the measurables. So how does this person live in the value on a daily basis. Again, I'll include a sample exercise, but you're gonna take those attributes and you're gonna really whittle those down into measurables. What does it mean to empower others? So how does somebody show that they've empowered others? Keep in mind that you need some sort of idea of what that looks like, and then we're gonna build that into the next piece, which is the interview question library. We've got all of our attributes here and we've got them all defined. And now what we need to do is just kind of create a library of questions that really bring forth the evidence to support whether or not somebody has those values of those measurables. So for example, I'm gonna go back to the dignity example. We're gonna build the attributes that we would have for dignity might be something like empowering others, respect for others, and then being non-judgmental. So we're gonna take that and we're gonna build that into a question library. And I'll get more into that in a minute. Keep in mind the most effective, and actually this comes from Amazon. I learned this from an experience that I had at interviewing at Amazon years ago. Behavioral questions are probably the most effective way to gather evidence that support really anything. Not situational. Situationals can be fudged. How would you do this? Well, I can make up a whole bunch of crap as to how I might approach it, but that's not really how I would do it. 
Walk me through an example of how you did that. Now it puts you in a situation where it's a real life experience and how somebody conquered that. So behavioral questions, usually, again, they're gonna give you evidence of how people show up to your organization. And they start with things like, tell me about a time, describe a time when, outline for me when da, 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 this happened, give me an example of this. And you're gonna create a scenario that essentially gives them the opportunity to put their thinking cap on and dig deep in how they solved a problem or how they handled a specific issue that is important to your organization. So the questions must be indirect and not obvious to the interviewee. So you don't wanna say, tell me about a time you empowered others. You might want to disguise that in such a way where you're trying to gain evidence that that person really does empower others without giving them the answer. Then what you want to do is provide a support and a follow-up question flow for each question. So when we build out these processes for our clients, each interviewer gets four questions that are pre-assigned. And those four questions basically all have sub-questions to them. So I'm going to walk you through right now one of them. For example, we talked about dignity being important earlier. One of the attributes for that is empowering others. So what we created was a question which was, tell me about a time you helped elevate the performance of one of your teammates. Now, I'm not giving them that it's empowering others. They don't know that. But what I want to do is I want to understand about a time when they actually took their time out of their day to make sure that they helped somebody who needed help. Now, the sub questions are really important. So we build these out as well. So it might look like something like, I'll ask them a question, they'll give me the answer. And it's my job as the interviewer to dig deep and really understand the how and the why without actually asking why. Follow-up question might be something like, well, how did you learn of the issue? And what were the events that led to this performance being important to you? How much time did you dedicate to the issue? How do you feel it made more of a difference to that person? Solving this problem, what made it important to you? So what I'm trying to do is really uncover why it was important for that person to do that, to empower the other people. And then what was the outcome? What was the result? How were you able to succeed? What were the pain points? What were the problem points in that whole process? Where'd you fail? Where didn't you fail? So these are all really important sub-questions you can dig under the hood and you get so much rich data out of each one of these questions that you can understand exactly how a person thinks, how they problem solve, and how they treat other people, how they interact. So I've got a couple other samples you're gonna dig into. Give me an example of a time you stood up for another person is a good example of does this person show respect toward others? Describe a really uncomfortable work situation that needed to be addressed that was personal to the other person, non-judgmental. So these are samples that you can set up. But again, if you guys wanna DM me, reach out to me and get some help in setting up ones that are really relevant to your organization, happy to do so. And then the final piece of this is reinforcement and training. This is the big piece that we all pretty much fail on. We can have these systems in place, but if we are not practicing them, if we're not getting good at them, we're just gonna brush them under the rug and say they don't work. So first and foremost on the reinforcement piece, live your values. If your values are customer obsession, Amazon lives that. The, every action they take within the business unit is based on, hey, you know what? Are we customer obsessed? Is this about the customer first? And then work backwards from there. Make it a language within your organization. Are we acting with dignity right now? I don't know. Is this really going to erode our corporate values or our company values if we make this decision the other way? It makes decision making quite a bit easier. But then more importantly, your people see this. And if they see 
the writing on the wall says collaboration and teamwork, and you have a complete organization of people who are siloed and a lot of interdepartmental fighting, people know that that writing on the wall is bullshit. So they're not going to pay attention to it. They're not going to take you seriously. And when somebody comes around who has those values, they're going to gravitate toward it, especially if they're looking to grow. Teach everyone in your organization how to interview. Take the time to have this laid out. Have it mapped out, interviewer number one, two, and three. These are your questions you get. You have a process in place that's super impressive. There's not a whole lot of preparation other than maybe some practicing on the interview questions. Do some role-playing hours where we spend one of our meetings where we go, okay, here's the question of the day. Let's do a little role playing and see who can get the best answer out of people. If you gamify it, it becomes easy. When people get used to digging under the hood, it becomes a very, very huge tool that will produce amazing results as far as the people that you're going to be able to hire. We have a 98% success rate in using this process through our organization just in aligning the right people. And guess what? You know what? It cultivates diversity it totally cultivates diversity because you're eliminating your bias. And then finally, the last piece is capture the data. Have a tool or um, some sort of system or training purpose that will actually record the interviews and allow you to transcribe it and gather data so you can actually re-listen to the content of the interviews and go through and say, hey, look, at we might have missed something here. Next time, let's dig a little bit deeper there. And it also is a very good tool for follow-up questions if you're not sure on a candidate, because going back and asking those questions will definitely bring forth results of clarity so that you're not ghosting people or keeping them on the fence, which is probably the worst thing you could do, especially in this market. So key takeaways for this is, is number one, I want you to invest the time to build out your corporate values. The payoff is huge when you live your corporate values. Then take the next step and connect them to your interview questions. Super important. When somebody has a purpose behind the interview questions they ask, then it just provides so much more rich value and content back to you so you can make the strongest decision. And then finally, train your people. Part of their job is to attract other high performers. And so you need to give them the tools to attract other high performers into your organization. You don't have to complete the down cycle of having down hiring. You don't have to complete the cycle of having one or two rock stars that end up getting run out because the performance of the organization lowers and they're no longer challenged. So with that, I'm gonna bid you guys adieu. I wanna thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show's for you, and we wanna to continue to make more valuable content for you. By the way, this was the result of a lot of requests that I got from you guys, and so keep them coming. I'll scatter some more of these into here. You can join the Higher Power Radio community to hire, H-I-R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can send me an email at rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be the incredible Lori Torres, who's the founder and CEO of Partial Pending. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.